Well, my name is Mark, and I'm one of the pastors here, and that video is uh, why we celebrate Father's Day, because we have a Heavenly Father that loved us so much that He saw we had, uh, that we would have an earthly Father to care and to protect us. So we're thankful for our dads, but we uh, worship our Heavenly Father today who gave us families and gave us a father and gave us a mother. And I know some of you have been processing in your spirit uh, some kind of nudge that God the Father has put in your spirit about adopting or about fostering. And uh, maybe he'll use that video to, to give you the courage to take that step as uh, Sue and I did uh, many years ago. And uh, uh, the Bible says there is blessing uh, for those who father the fatherless. And um, it is what Christianity is all about uh, because he's adopted us into his family. So consider that on this Father's Day and what a great way to celebrate Father's Day by uh, helping a fatherless little boy or little girl. Hey, thanks for being here today. It's Faith Promise Sunday. We have Faith Promise once a year Faith Promise is how we support missions throughout uh, the world. In over 150 world areas, the Church of the Nazarene has mission uh, work. Some of those areas, the work is uh, so discreet that we can't even tell you uh, the name of that country because of the danger that it would put those missionaries uh, in. But uh, today, at the end of the service, we'll talk about our Faith Promise pledges for the next a year, and that will be for work all over the globe. There are two things that Church of the Nazarene is right at the very top of denominations in how well we do things. Uh, nobody does our colleges better than we do. We have nine regional colleges and universities uh, in the United States and in Canada, and even around the world, more than that, around the world. And we do a very good job of educating. And, but then also, we do an extremely good do job of mission work. And all denominations will say that. And even though we're smaller than a lot of denominations, we're near the top of missionaries that are out on the field and that are supported by the, the general church. And so um, we uh, have a long history in our church of supporting missionaries. When I was in um, prayer and thought about coming here as the pastor, I had to make a call to our denominational headquarters on another matter. And um, I, the, I talked with the, the general secretary, who's a big wig in our denomination, and I was asking him a question. And, I, and he said, it was what was going on in your life? And, and I was telling him that I was in the throes of this decision, so forth and so on. And he says, My, wow, he said, that is a great missions church. And so our, the, the, um, Reputation of our church uh, precedes me as your pastor. For a long time, you've been a great mission church. And today we're here to hear from some of our home people that have been called from this church to go out, in this case, to Papua New Guinea. Kathy Radcliffe was uh, Kathy Beam, and she was raised in this church with all of the Beam family. And uh, she married Jim Radcliffe, and they have been for 32 years. They have been in the field uh, at Papua New Guinea. They're going to tell you all uh, about that. Um, I will say this. Um, we got back from Papua New Guinea uh, in July of last year, 2016. We're returning uh, probably the first part of July of 2018. And we have some people that are interested in that. I was on the phone just this week with the travel agency trying to nail down 
flights and get us an estimate on the airfare and they said the airfare will not be able to be finalized until August the 16th so I'm kind of at that mercy to give you more information until we have the huge chunk of the cost of that trip which is the airfare till we have that nailed down so we want to return again we took 10 in 2016 and hope to take more in 2018 even maybe two trips in 2018 one in July and maybe I think it'd be cool to take one around Christmas time which is their summer over there so um, that is on the works uh, as we continue to support our work uh, in Papua New Guinea we've supported Jim and Kathy Ratcliffe for many many years they're in the twilight of their missionary career now and uh, will sooner or later kind of hand the ball off to his son Ben and daughter-in-law um, Catherine who are both doctors and we want to continue to support that work in Papua New Guinea uh, as that ball is handed off and a new generation will come and uh, take the Kujip Nazarene Hospital to bigger and better levels uh, than I'm sure um, they could ever have dreamed that they could. And so uh, we're thankful today to welcome uh, the Radcliffe family. And before Jim comes to speak to us, we're going to watch a video of uh, Jim's daughter, uh, Lydia, and his wife, Kathy, speaking. Can we go ahead and play that video now, please? Lydia and I would like to bring you greetings from the beautiful highlands of Papua New Guinea. As we reflect back over the years, there's a verse that's very special and meaningful. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. In the pidgin language, belief strong, long big pella. That verse is true for every age and stage of life. We want to tell you that our Lord God is trustworthy and He will direct your paths. My husband Jim and I have lived in Papua New Guinea for 32 years and we have trusted God to direct our paths all through the years. We are still trusting Him. On March 16th, Jim's father went to be with Jesus, so Jim wasn't able to be here for this filming as he's in the U.S. for Dad's funeral. When we were teens, we trusted the Lord and He spoke to us about giving our lives full time to overseas mission work. We trusted Him through the years of training. We trusted God when we moved 8,000 miles across the ocean to PNG. We trusted God to give us and our children a place of meaningful ministry. I was born here at Kujip Nazarene Hospital and I've lived in the highlands of Papua New Guinea for 18 years now. I've been incredibly blessed to grow up here in a community where I am surrounded by examples of people who trust God and follow Him with their whole lives. God has given me faith to trust Him in my own life also, to trust Him each day and each moment, to trust that He is at work in my life and able to use what I offer to Him to be a blessing to people that I come into contact with here as I live my life in the Highlands. A place that is not just a mission field, but is also my home. So we have a lot of people that come to the Nazarene Hospital with infectious diseases, some of which become surgical, a lot of traumatic illness, and then a lot of late presentations of cancer. Um, we do what we can surgically to remove the cancer, at least to biopsy it, 
occasionally we have the option of radiation therapy when there's a doctor in the major cancer unit at the coast, but many times that's not an option for us or the patient can't get there. Uh, if the tumor is responsive to chemotherapy, Dr. Aaron and Dr. Bill uh, do a great job of giving chemotherapy. But one of the blessings of working at the Nazarene Hospital is even if we can't cure the cancer, we can give them the hope of Christ. We can introduce them to the message of salvation and give them the hope of heaven along with comfort care. So we praise God that even when people come too late because it's hard to get here, the roads are bad, they have to find money, it's hard to make a diagnosis in the village, even if they come late, we can give them the hope of Jesus. And some are cured, and we praise the Lord for that. We are still trusting Him as we continue to see the incredible hand of God in the lives of the precious souls who come to Kujip Nazarene Hospital, and with whom we've had the tremendous privilege of loving and sharing the good news of the hope found in Christ. Thank you so very much to those of you who have journeyed with us, trusting God and us to be your ambassadors to the precious people of Papua New Guinea. God is so very good. Please join us in praying that many new believers will be firmly established in their faith. And we will trust God to bring to completion the wonderful work that He has started here in the highlands of Papua New Guinea. Thank you for partnering with us all these years in medical missions. Your prayers are what have kept us on the field. We appreciate your partnership. We appreciate the fact that God is not partially or sometimes or kind of trustworthy. He is absolutely trustworthy with all that we give to Him. Our kids, our parents, our life what he blesses us to be able to give to others. Thank you, Xenia Church, for these 32 years and for your financial support, for your gifts, for the boxes you have sent to the Hospital of Medical Supplies, for the work and witness trips you have participated in. This is Father's Day, and we are thinking of our family here, the Beam family, and of their participation with us. Thank you for allowing us to be your missionaries. Our heritage comes not only from this church, but from my grandparents. My grandparents started their Nazarene church in Harrisonburg, Ohio, in their farmhouse. And it is now a very large church. We praise God for our grandparents and for Grandpa Beam. I, when uh, Tim Anderson gave me some candy today, I thought of Grandpa Beam, who used to hand out candy. I think of Marvin and his mission trips and love for missions and his leadership. We praise God for fathers who have served Jesus and who I hope are looking down today from heaven. Let's continue that legacy of generational faith faithfulness to God in the church. Let's continue, fathers, to lead our families in missional living here and in missional giving around the world. I'll never forget my father on a Thanksgiving offering. When God convicted him that he hadn't given enough, he took his new color television set, which he had just purchased that week, back to the store, got himself a cheaper black and white, and put the difference in the offering. 
Our children see what we do. They not only hear what we say. May we be faithful to the Lord in this generation. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 is my testimony today. It was my testimony as a young man in high school when I began to doubt for sure whether the Nazarene church had the truth and whether Jesus was the truth. And as I struggled with believing for myself and giving myself to the Lord, this is the verse that brought me to faith. It says, keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me. Verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I would like to share my testimony with you that Jesus has never left us nor forsaken us. In the difficult days of training before going to the field, Jesus was there helping, enabling. In the days when we first got there and overwhelmed with the new work and the new diseases and the new things to learn, the language, the people, the customs, he was there. He never left us nor forsook us. He was there in tough times when our families were going through tough times here, when people were sick here, when grandparents died here, God was with us there. He was with us when our home was broken into, when our car was held up on the highway, when we almost had a plane crash, when a truck almost ran us off the road. He was there, never left us nor forsook us. When I've been in despair in the operating room, when a patient is bleeding out on the table and I cannot stop it, when I don't know what to do, when the medicines are short, when the supplies are short, when the funds are short, He has been there. He has supplied. He has given wisdom. He has given skill. He has given strength. I praise God for hearing your prayers on our behalf and for His faithfulness. Our desire is to be faithful in these latter years, to be resilient, to please Jesus in what He wants us to be doing right now, this moment, this day this stage of life. Colossians 1.10 is a verse that's ministered to me recently. It talks about our faithfulness and our fruitfulness and about pleasing Jesus. So as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. And we want to continue to be faithful, to grow to be fruitful, and to please Jesus. It's been our privilege to live the dream of our life to be medical missionaries. We told the children a few moments ago, God called us when we were children in Sunday school through the missionary books and the missionaries we heard. He recalled us in the teen years, and He confirmed that in our young adult years. And we have had the privilege to live our dream these years. Thank you, this home church, for making that a possibility. I want to bring you some investment reports on your investment in the work there. And I want to praise God for what He has done. We praise God for that extra chance we had to go back after my heart surgery and be in the work again. I told somebody that came up and talked to me after the service, the first service, I don't climb mountains, I don't shoot basketball with the boys, but I can go to the work and I can operate and I can pray with patients. And I praise Lord, the Lord for that ability. 
we thank the Lord that the people received us again and with open arms. And they had contributed. Uh, we hadn't even known fully. They had contributed money. Even community people, even young people on drugs had gone out with wheelbarrows in the marketplaces and had money collected for my surgeries. And when we got back, they lined the roads on the way from the airport to the mission station. It was a beautiful welcome. They also welcomed us as people brought food to the hospital for our staff and our patients and for us, pigs and animals, uh, cows and bananas and sweet potatoes. Several times in this last term, we praise God for the generosity of our New Guinea people who love your hospital there. We've had the opportunity to go and share in the bush churches and share in the tent revivals, to share at the Bible College graduation and how that place has matured. When we first went there 32 years ago, one of the first years we were there, I spoke at the graduation and it was all missionary teachers except for one national teacher. This year, Kathy and I were the only missionaries there except for one other missionary who had come over, completely nationalized and running well and serving God. One of the older pastors, who's now a chaplain for the military, stood up at the end of graduation and asked me a challenging question. He said, we are fully nationalized in the church now. We are leaders in the church. We have taken leadership in most of the areas. But why isn't the hospital training New Guinea doctors? And I'll tell you more about that in a little bit later in the story. God has given us wonderful grants and projects. We've had a tremendous housing project that provided homes for many of our staff. New homes, nice homes. Uh, homes nice enough a missionary could live in them. And we, we praise God. Uh, we praise God for our own house that your church renovated. What a joy it has been to live in that newly renovated place. We praise God for a new water project. We have a whole tank farm and a new well that supplies water in the dry season. For new power, new generator house, new power poles. There's a team of missionaries called iTech. And these are retired electricians and linesmen who go all over the world to mission stations. What a blessing. How God can use us in our gifts around the world, and whatever you can do for him. God has blessed us with those projects. Now, as a part of those projects, we hire a lot of people from the local village. And these are men who may not be Christians. We just need laborers, and we want to bless them by providing employment. And so we took, a, we took all these guys to a retreat, a spiritual retreat at the end of the projects. And 32 of them found Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We praise the Lord for what he is doing through those projects and through the ministry to them. The hospital has a wonderful outreach. Not only are there hundreds of people saved in the hospital, the patients, but the chaplains go out starting new churches from those patients that go back to the village. In 2016, four new Nazarene churches were started. The College of Nursing Students and tutors go out each Sunday morning to churches, to bush churches, to preach, to evangelize. Uh, they've gone out to show the Jesus film this month to the remote island of Bougainville. And later this month, Ben has the opportunity of taking his father-in-law out to preach in a different province with the College of Nursing. We have a brand new district. Uh, the new North Jawaka district was born. That's our 12th district 
of the Church of the Nazarene in Papua New Guinea. That district where the hospital is has grown and it continues to grow. And as it grows and reaches out, they break off a hunk to make a new district. And this is the fourth district birthed by that district, the Jawaka district. DS Andrew is the DS there, Andrew Akus. He and his wife a few years ago were threatened by gunpoint and they actually tried to shoot his wife and God spared her. These are people who are living out their faith, who are living out the sacrificial message of Jesus to go to others. And he is a generous man willing to give churches to a new district and willing to stand up for Christ. His son, Stephen, is an example of generational faithfulness. He's our local music pastor in our local church there on the station. He's a school teacher, a youth leader, and serving Jesus like his father. We praise God for that new district. We're a provincial hospital now. The new province of Jawaka province has appointed the Your Nazarene Hospital not just to be a district mission hospital, but we were elevated to provincial status, which is like being the OSU hospital for our province. OSU is the state hospital for Ohio. Now, we're not OSU. I'm not, I can't tease you there. Some of you have been there, but we praise God that they are recognizing what the hospital does, and it gives us an extra voice to influence health care in the region. We praise God for new doctors. Uh, ben and Catherine have been such a blessing. We also have a family called the Masons, and they have two special needs children that they have adopted, and we praise God for that family. We have a new doctor coming in the fall, the Woodleys. And we have a new young surgeon named Dr. Cheryl who has joined Ben and I. So God has given us new, fresh, hardworking people to replace some of us tired, old, worn out ones. I mentioned earlier the pastor's challenge to me about training doctors. I got back last week from the capital city where I talked to the University of Papua New Guinea and the surgeons in charge of the country, and they have given us preliminary approval to start a surgery training program for New Guinea doctors. We've already been training family practice doctors there, which is called rural and remote medicine. So pray with us that that would come to fruition. This is Ben's dream and vision, that we not only do surgery and do medical care, but we teach them to give quality care and to pray with patients and disciple these young men and women from Papua New Guinea. They're also going to start sending us medical students. So we really will be kind of like Ohio State University. There's more expansion planned. We are putting in a new big grant to Australia to ask to expand the outpatient and emergency room services. Many days, our hospital is completely filled and the ER is completely packed and people are on the floor. And we need more space to look after more people in the name of Jesus. Now, as you drive down the interstate in America, you will see emergency room signs that say, 17 minutes wait at this ER. In New Guinea, in the government hospital, you can wait three or four days to be seen and cared for. We don't want that at the Nazarene Hospital. We want to give people quick, compassionate, Christ-like, competent care. Pray with us about that expansion. We have a new dental clinic. Dr. Sheena, our dentist, has hired a national dentist, and she's trained two hygienists. So we have a state-of-the-art dental clinic, including a Panorex x-ray machine. 
We, God has really blessed us, and they are ministering for Jesus and praying and witnessing to those patients as well. A lot of them come with a lot of dental pain and abscesses, and they're ready for some spiritual ministry. We praise God for the vision of our staff. It's not just the missionaries that are called at your Nazarene Hospital. Our staff are called to be there. Last year in 2016, the government cut our funded funding quite a bit. And we were forced to either have to close down partially or to raise the fees so high that the patients wouldn't be able to afford it. And our staff met in a chapel meeting and themselves, one by one, stood up with tears and said, this is my hospital, I'm called to be here. And they voted to take a 5% pay cut in order to keep the hospital running without raising the fees too much. We praise the Lord. And you can pray that the, ho that the government will continue to partner with us to pay our staff. We praise God for donations. We have received millions of dollars worth of donations from Riverside Methodist Hospital, from a place called Hands of Hope, from the Nazarene Hospital Foundation, from Samaritan's Purse, from Heart to Heart. And many of the, much of this equipment went into the brand new uh, uh, operating room with the laparoscopic procedures. And we praise the Lord that God has been able to help Ben to bring some technology to this old-fashioned surgeon. He helped me to do a laparoscopic case last week. And what a blessing it was to learn from my son. Uh, I thought I would teach him old things, and he's teaching me new things. We praise God that we celebrated last uh, two months ago the 50th anniversary of the Church of the Nazarene's medical work. A few years ago, we celebrated the church starting, but we had retirees that came back. We honored our long-term staff. Um, we had long service awards given out on that last service. The service lasted six hours. Six hours. And at the end of it, at the end of all the long service awards, Ben went up to the man in charge of the service and said, I'm going to give you an award. It's the longest service award. <laughs> but we praise the Lord. I had the privilege of giving medallions to the people who had worked there longer than 30 years. And there were a bunch of them. One guy named Timothy has worked there for 47 years as the sweet potato cook for the patients. Sweet man with a beautiful testimony. Probably never went to school a day in his life. Worked at minimum wage for 47 years. And a joyful man as he testified at his retirement, now I can really serve Jesus full time. Reminded me of some of you Xenia Nazarenes when you've retired and given yourself to the Lord. His family is continuing generational faithfulness. His daughter's a nurse on the pediatric ward. His son graduated from the university with a sociology degree and then went to our Bible school and graduated with a theology degree. And now he's running for parliament. Generational faithfulness in the lives of our New Guinea people. I would love to tell you about some of our patients a little boy named Kua came into the hospital. He's from a remote area of the Jimmy Valley. Poor people, subsistence farmers, make a couple hundred dollars a year. He had been in a car accident. Both femurs were shattered. Huge head injuries with scalp wounds. Ben took him to surgery, put two pins in his legs to pull his legs straight, put him in traction, fixed up his head wounds. And then for several months, Kua lay there in traction. We gave him nutrition soup. We gave him milk substitutes. We gave him calcium. We gave him multivitamins. 
Eventually, we were able to take his legs out of traction and give him some crutches. But he was still there on the station when we had our big tent gathering, tent revival for our station. And the Sunday morning was our mission service where our people could be inspired to give and to go and to pray for missions. And they are doing that. Our people are going to other countries as missionaries and they are giving in their missions offerings. The last part of the service was where they would bring, they would come to the front in a big box they would put their offering in. To the side were all the food gifts already brought, their tithes, their chickens, their stalks of bananas, their sweet potatoes, huge pile of food. And the chickens weren't necessarily quiet during the service. Several times this last two years, I've been overwhelmed with the privilege God has given me to be a missionary there. This Sunday was one of them. As those people by the hundreds came by and dropped in their offerings, I was blessed beyond measure. And then as I saw Kua, the poor boy who had spent all of their resources for a year living at our hospital, get up on the wobbly crutches and on his broken legs, hobble to the front and put in his offering. I will never forget that sight. Thank you for giving. So we could go and see them giving to the Lord. Joe came to the hospital, a member of a tribal fight injury. Both of his arms had been chopped severely with the bush knives. The right arm we had to amputate at the elbow. Couldn't save it. The left arm we spent several hours repairing. After repairing all the structures that were injured, we put him in a cast, and there he was in bed. The next Sunday, our families went to participate in hospital evangelism. After a brief presentation of the gospel, we asked those who would like us to come to the bedside to pray to raise their hands. And about 10 people raised their hands. One of those people, after hesitation, was Kua. Now, he couldn't get the left hand up because it was in the heavy cast and splint, but he put his right stub up to Jesus, saying, I want to be a believer. What a blessing it is to represent you and to be able to introduce people to Christ, to the hope of heaven. You sang about it this morning. Jesus saves. Every day he is saving people in Papua New Guinea through your giving, through your prayers. Samuel came into the emergency room. He had been stabbed in both sides of the chest. He had huge accumulations of blood in his chest and air from the punctured lung. Ben called me from another area said, I need your help. I ran in. We both put a chest tube in each side, started a central line, took him to surgery. He had to have a thoracotomy to get the bleeding stopped, partial lobectomy of a lung. And then we had the chance to pray with him, to introduce him to Jesus. And Samuel accepted Christ as his Lord and Savior. Generational faithfulness. Mr. John Time is our nursing officer in the surgery ward. He's one of our senior men. He's a very capable nursing officer. As Ben turns a little corner of the 30-bed ward into an ICU when we have a critical patient. We don't have an ICU, but Ben makes one. He stations a nurse at the bedside, gets an O2 monitor there with a heart monitor, and makes frequent visits and gets the nurse anesthetist to come during the night. John is a part of that ICU coverage. He's concerned about our patient's spiritual health as well as their physical. You see, John's father was our chaplain. 
Chaplain Tyman for 20 years served at our hospital. I had operated on Chaplain Tymeth three or four times, and God had spared his life, and he gave his life to the hospital in ministry. While he was the hospital chaplain in those 20 years, we saw 10,000 conversions of our patients. And John continues the generational faithfulness. I hope we will continue the generational faithfulness that our fathers in this church have begun. There's a lot of election chaos right now. You thought your elections were bad? Ha, ah, they're nothing. We are seeing gunshots and stabbings and choppings every day. Pray for Ben and Cheryl as they look after that surgical chaos until the election time at the end of this month. We ask for your prayers that Kathy and I will know what God wants us to do next as missionaries and as people serving him and in looking after our families. Let's be faithful in prayer. Let's be faithful as God asks us to go. Let's give not only our tithes and offerings and missionary giving, but let's give ourselves missionally to reach out to the people in need of Jesus. Thank you for letting us be your missionaries these years. We have lived the dream. We praise God and we thank you.